What's up, party people? What's going on in this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast? We continue to prepare you for your draft day that is coming up or came up. Um, we're talking about the AFC West today. Uh, we're talking about more is going on in the world of sports today and all that much more to get you prepared for your draft on this upcoming episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. All right, brain. You don't like me and I don't like you. But let's just do this and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. 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 This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flex Bliss. You must think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous! I'm very, very dangerous! And Alex Marchetti. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. Help! And now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. Party people. people. What's up, Party People? Welcome, 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 welcome. To another episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man for the Grand Flex hit list here with my co-host, Live and Direct, with much respect. BFA. That's my new name. Nah, what's up? It's Alex Marchetti. What up? Booyaka, booyaka. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's not the first of the month. Love that song. Are, are you waking yourself up or everybody else is listening? I'm waking myself up and everyone that's listening. Right, a, little bit, in. a little bit of column Focus. A, a little bit of column B. Yes, stay focused. Let's do it. I saw Spider-Man over the weekend. How many Spider-Man movies are there? Just all together, seriously? Yes. Uh, three with Tobey Maguire, two with Andrew Garfield, two with Tom Holland, and there was one in the 60s or 70s with the Olympic gold medalist that played Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. Uh, so, four, seven, eight. And what about the animated one that came out last year? Well, with, oh, with that movie included? Uh, yeah, yeah of course. So nine. I saw Spider-Man's in there. Yeah, nine. Nine that I could think of on top of my head as far as How Spider-Man many came movies. out in like the last three years? The last three years? Or four years? Uh, three. Yeah, it's, uh, every year there's a new Spider-Man movie. Well, Sp- what's wrong with Spider-Man? No, I, I know he's your favorite... Uh, person. Person. Everything. Superhero. Love Spider-Man. He's the coolest. Um, but it's just like, all in all, like in the comic world, there's like every two months there's something new coming out. Well, th- this is also really big, this movie, especially because of the fact that it's the end of Marvel's Phase 3, which was they built it up to get to the Infinity Wars saga. Uh, and they already got to the Infinity War. I know this is like speaking a different language to you. But this is the end of Marvel Phase 3. So now this is launching us on into Phase 4 of okay. the MCU or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is Phase 4. I'm not going to give any spoilers out. So I'm not going to say what I assume Phase 4 is going to go into. But basically also in a sense how like Iron Man was the first movie in the MCU. Like there was Marvel movies made before uh, Iron Man. Like Blade, for example. Blade was, was, was a really big... Uh, one of the one of the new eras of you know what I mean of like Marvel movies, but it wasn't part of the MCU. Remember that Blade movie with Wesley well, Snipes? Wesley Snipes, yeah, it was. I think he came out with three Blades. There right? was three Blade movies, yeah. but they weren't part of the MCU, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Blade is a Marvel superhero. All right, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just a production company. 
No, so it's the storyline. So basically, it's a storyline. All right, because it says cinematic. So I'm over here like thinking. Well, because oh, it's, it's, it's Marvel. No, it's it's, it's the movie. It's the movie storyline. So like you could okay. like like for example like uh, there was a Spider Man, uh, a, a terrible one called uh, cl- uh, the the Clone Wars, not Clone Saga, for Spider Man comics, and it was an awful, awful, awful comic series. So this is like. You know, and it had its own story in that series. Same thing with the Amazing Spider-Man had its own story, and the Spectacular Spider-Man had its own story. You know what I mean? It just Spider-Man had its own story. So there was like different versions of it in the comic books, and this is like just its adaptation in the MCU is its own version, like a comic book story, but it's a movie based. Long movie based, right? Yeah, and I love it because there's like forever, like they're not even like sequels, right? It's just like no, it's with sequels, yeah, and it, you know, it's like there's ten ten years of it. I'm so lost. Like, I, like, it seems like I have to devote a lot of my time to just kind of, like, watch and engage myself. Like, well, you know, you've been doing it, so you already had, like, a head start. And, you know, you're obviously a fan of comics, especially Spider-Man. Uh, but to me, it's just like, I, you already know. I, I end up falling asleep watching these movies anyway and then just lose <laughs> the storyline. I don't even know what's going on. Like, Fall asleep like, now, me explaining it like, to you. Like, to me, like, there's, like, one Batman. There's, like, one storyline of Batman. But now there's, like, you know. With Spider-Man, like, I know the story of how he became a Spider-Man, and, you know, he got bitten by the spider, and then it just ends up going somewhere else with each different type of Spider-Man. I'm just, I'm so lost. I'm like, I can't keep up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm glad that you enjoyed your movie, you know? You see, you seem puzzled and, like, no. overwhelmed. No, it's like, imagine, like, I don't know. Playing fantasy football, but you're playing like 20 versions. I don't know. Like that's how I look at it. Maybe no, that's a bad analogy. I guess. <laughs> I guess. You know. You know what's cool because you're speaking of fantasy football, that we're holding our dynasty league on sleeper for the sleeper app. We're holding it. They have this new thing. So when the team actually has a matchup, and you look at the matchup of on the sleeper app, right? Um, they uh, you could pick a mascot. And it's like a little animated mascot that, like, if your team does something good, it like cheers, and the other mascot gets sad. It's like these like cool looking animations that make it a little more funnier to like watch. You know the updates on your phone. It's kind oh, of funny. Right. That's, I, I guess that's cool. Um. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say, which was kind of uh, cool and interesting. Did you see about um what happened with uh? Uh, Sag Tyler Tyler Skaggs. Yeah, Tyler Skaggs. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he passed away and uh, recently on July first. And you saw about the day, the, the first home game for the Anaheim Angels. Yeah, you read all like the little quibits, the little little like. I know what happened in that first game at home, but you know, if, go ahead. No, it's it's just co- like coincidental, like all the numbers and all the things that happened that time. So it's like, so, uh. Tyler Sag's mother throws out the first pitch, right? He was a pitcher that passed away in July 1st for the Anaheim Angels. So Tyler Skaggs' mother throws out the first pitch, and the Angels throw a no-hitter, right? Mike Trout hits a a home run exactly 454 feet, and Skaggs wore number 45, 454 feet. They all wore number 45 that day, right? So when he, you know, when he hits the home run like four hundred and fifty four feet, and he wears the first four, yeah. non, the first two numbers is forty five. Got it. Yeah. So the franchise, uh, this is the franchise's eleventh no hitter. Skaggs wore number eleven in high school. 
right? Okay. They scored seven runs in the first and 13 runs in total. His birthday is 7-13, okay. right? What's also crazy is that, uh, you know, they, and as I read this other stat here, it goes, the Angels paid tribute to Tyler Skaggs by throwing a combined no-hitter against the Mar- uh, Mariners in Anaheim. The last time there was a combined no-hitter in the state of California was the Orioles against the A's in Oakland on July 13th, 1991, the same day Tyler Skaggs was born. That's crazy. That's cool. All these like little like coincidental stats is kind of. I thought that was the craziest one. That the last time the state of California has even seen a combined no hitter was the day that this guy was born. I don't. What a coincidence! That's crazy. Crazy coincidence. Um, I don't know. Just it's it's cool what you know what what ended up happening of course is a tragic event you know that of occurred course yeah when you, you look know, at the numbers wise and all other stuff it's like for the young kid you know he's younger than us you know so but yeah you know uh i guess there was some sense of closure with I, that I, you I, know i guess do they have they found out what happened to him no it was uh um it wasn't like disclosed it was it was Still unidentified not. why he was found so weird. So whatever the case to be. Yeah. All right. Anyways, party people still got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Let's get more into it. And then, uh, you know, some people already started drafts. Yeah, it's July. It's mid-July. No, 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 no. But like for redraft leagues. I know. I think that's terrible. Some, well, you know, there has to be a rhyme and reason for them to do it like this early. Um. Maybe they like to do a live draft together. So summertime typically is the best time to kind of just meet up and reunite and do this live draft, you know, before school starts, you know, because a lot of school starts like, you know, in mid-August, late August, uh-huh. and then, you know, early, you know, the first week of September. So, you know, there has to be a rhyme and reason, you know, for people that are, are seasoned fantasy players, you know, owners that have been playing for a long time, you know, obviously – the cons of drafting so early is that preseason hasn't started, you know, or even, you know, you know, the practices, right. people could get, you know, get injured left and right. And your team totally changes. Maybe they like that, or maybe it's something that they set from the beginning and they just kept it that way. You know, um, you know, the way and how I constructed my league is I like to draft a couple the day before kickoff. Right or two days before uh, the first game, right of the Thursday night game, you know. Right. So that's how I like to do it, uh, just for the fact that we already know what is the roster, you know. Obviously, something dramatic. I just, I happen. just think, I just really think that it's like it's, it's. I think it's really maybe, maybe somewhere, somehow, somebody thinks, oh, it makes it harder for you to make your draft, and you know, and you have to like study more. No. I just, you know, it doesn't make it harder. So, you know, you can't predict injuries. You can't, you know, like things that you can't predict things that are going to happen to people. So I, I, I just I just think it's really bad for a league to have their redraft league this early. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's bad for the league in general as a whole. Uh, with that being said, wait, what? No, I check. do agree. Uh, it's, to me, it's, uh, it's unfair. I, that, yeah. And but, you know, it's a preference. 
you know, a league I'm assuming is not like, you know, they have a tyrant of a commissioner and he says, no, this is when we start the draft. It has to be a general consensus within the league and they have to agree. If the majority agrees to hold their draft now, right, then of course. it is. No, 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 yeah. They know, what they're, they know what they're playing with, you know? So it, it is what it is. Obviously, I advise other commissioners and, you know, football, uh, fantasy football uh, uh, owners that it's best to start it as later as possible before the season starts. Gotcha. Now, um, what was I going to say about this? I was going to say something. Sorry. What? I'm sorry because I interrupted you. No, no, no. It's okay. It, yeah, it's okay. Then I lost it. If I, you know what? If I, if I probably don't remember it, it's probably not that important. But yeah, but some people are doing their uh, drafts already early, uh, drafts already ahead of time. Uh, I guess. Not part of uh, so much draft tactics, but we'll have that episode coming up with draft tactics. But another draft advice I could always give to people, I always have my number one advice in general is to mock draft. But another one I give is to definitely know your league. Know your league. Like, for example, there was one one of the my, my cousin David that had uh, his draft recently. Talking about early drafts, right? So in his draft, the quarterback produces an immense amount of points. Like, for example, they get six points for a touchdown as opposed to four. They also get a point for every 10 yards they throw as opposed to 20, which most leagues has it at 20. What? Yeah. So, for the most part, <clears throat> you're drafting a, a quarterback in the first round. So, he took Pat Mahomes in the first round. Yeah. Right, which yeah. is, that's understandable. I mean, I would, you know, he had the eighth pick in a 10-team league. I would have probably went with, like, no, I know Devontae Adams is still available there at the eighth pick. I would have probably went Devontae Adams, hoping Pat Mahomes comes back around to me. You know what I mean? But I I, I get it for taking Pat Mahomes first. You know what I mean? Like, so it's a way with knowing your league because of the sense, because of the fact that you want to, you know, if you know that the quarterback's going to give you six points in your league, then you're it's okay to reach for a quarterback a little higher. If he's going to give you six points for a touchdown, which of course. most leagues, it's four points that they give. And they give you the one point for every 20 yards they throw. And six points for rushing yards, uh, rushing touchdowns. Six points for the rushing, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, four, you know, he, but he's getting, they're getting six points for the passing touchdowns, which is a lot. No, that's too much. It's a lot. Pat Mahomes throws like. I am in a league that uh, the, the quarterback does get six points uh, per touchdown. I for think a passing the, touchdown? Yeah, I think it's the t- Dynasty League. Yeah, that's a lot. Is that why you stock up on your hoard your you quarterbacks? Yeah, but quarterbacks? I, can't, I can't start two quarterbacks at the end of the day. So I know, but you like to hoard them. Yeah, I do hoard them. But um, but yeah, so know know your league. It's always it's a very important uh rule I always get. Like I get a draft tactic is to know your league and the scoring settings to determine what has more value than it not. Yeah, and also know the other owners. What are the tendencies as well? Who are the players they like, etc. I think yeah. those are good. To know, you know, like obviously if you have a someone that's a Jets fan, right, that's in your league and they might be a little bit higher on Le'Veon Bell. And if you like Le'Veon Bell, maybe you have to jump and get him, you know, like it, right. that's just an example. No, no, no. Yeah. Like I remember uh, I drafted for my, my buddy Jose last last okay. year. No, no, I know exactly what you mean, but I'm saying there's no one in your league. And he said, like, I remember I drafted for my buddy Jose last year and I was, you know, and he said, call him when he came to around the first four picks and take whatever. Right. So I'm drafting for him, and he said that there's one guy in the league who drafts kind of crazy and kind of nuts, and he just does some, like, really crazy stuff. 
And I remember last year with his first pick in the first, not the first overall pick, but in the first round, it was like somewhere towards the end of it. But like a first round pick, he took Mike Evans. Okay. In the first round last yeah, year. he was when, going in the second. He was going like, no, he was going like in the third. He was going like like late, like second, late second, early yeah. third. Yeah, and yeah. he took him like in the first round. So, you know what I mean? It's like when you know people that make some crazy picks, you could probably adjust like, all right, maybe I'll get this guy in the second round. I'll get this guy a little bit later. So know that. Um. All right, so we, we, we you know we'll talk again more in depth with that when we do our draft tactic a bit. Also, just to let you know, party people, we are doing two episodes per week, two episodes per week as it is. Um, and follow us on Instagram that's and what Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter at BFB Podcast. Follow us at BFB Podcast for Instagram, Twitter. Rate us, review us, and ask us any question that you have any given time. For uh, any kind of fantasy qu- queries that you may have, let's get right into it. Talk about the AFC West. Which team do you want to tackle first, Doggy? The AFC West. Let's go with Denver. Okay, we'll go with the Denver Broncos. Okay, because I remember one thing I did want to talk about a little bit earlier was Melvin Gordon, but we're talking about the AFC West anyway, so we'll talk about that when we get to the Chargers. Yeah. So, uh, but let's talk about the Denver, the Broncos. Okay, so the Broncos. Um, no longer the strong, you know, defensive threat of the past. You know, no longer the high-powered offense of the past. You know, they're uh, in a... You could say tough division because this division will be ruled by the Chief and the Chargers. Basically, from what we see. For sure. They're going to be ruled by the high-powered offense and improved defense of the Chiefs and then the very balanced, well, overall uh, play of the Chargers. The Rams have, I mean, the Raiders have the most difficult schedule of the year as opposed to opponents that they're facing. And the Broncos, um, their schedule's pretty tough too. I mean, they, they don't really have any really easy games. Maybe the most easiest, the you know, the lightest game they face, the court they face the Raiders twice. But besides that, it's like the Lions, I think, are like the easiest team they're going to face as far as it goes. They have a pretty tough schedule Two, with that being said, with uh, quarterback Joe Flacco over there and um, Joe MVP Flacco. Yeah, you got to love Joe Flacco, man. So with, with Joe Flacco there, but it's now, I think one of the biggest questions, at least in my mind, when it comes to the Broncos, is uh, the, the the running back situation. Now, not for nothing, we'll get into that. I see a couple of sleepers. There's two really big sleepers of mine that are in the, in the Broncos. But when it comes to the running back situation, I mean, the clear cut first choice is Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, yes, of course. Yeah, the clear cut first choice. But who's to say that you don't see an emergence again of Royce Freeman? Because remember, they he last year was supposed to be the clear cut guy. They drafted him to be the clear cut guy. Philip Lindsay went undrafted. He went undrafted, yes. So and he came out of came hit the gates running. Yeah, I, I feel like it was Freeman. Just didn't have the luck, you know. At the beginning, he was banged up. And it gave uh, Philip Lindsay the opportunity to, uh, you know, shine. And, you know, he he took advantage. He took advantage and never looked back. And for somebody that's undersized, you know, he did tremendous for the, the season, Philip Lindsay. I could see this where before Freeman was the one that was picked, especially in Dynasty, he was picked in the mid-first round. Yeah, and he was. They thought he was going to be like the the clear, you know, and he was supposed to be really. And he killed in the preseason. Yeah, preseason game he killed. He scored a touchdown in every single preseason game last year. Besides uh, Saquon Barkley, who was selected as running back, a lot of people were high on Royce Freeman and saying that he's going to be 
after Barkley, one of the best running backs uh, in, in the rookie class. I remember when I heard a lot of the rookie class last year, it was a lot of talk about Royce Freeman and it was, well, Darius well before Geis. Darius Geis went down. Yeah. But after Darius Geis went down, it was Royce Freeman and Carryon Johnson were who I heard a lot about last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but he was banged up, and then, you know, Philip Lindsay took took the rounds. But I, I could see this, uh, this season where, you know, Obviously, they have a uh, different coach now, and it might be where they just split it, you know, and and, and they they give Freeman that opportunity. I don't know if he's going to end up being the number one running back for for the team, but I think it will be just a timeshare with both of them. And they're just going to, you know, go back and forth depending on the offensive scheme that they're going to run or, you know, like at least uh, what they're going to design for at least the first, first and second quarter. You know, now, the game script. Philip Lindsay's one of those guys, not for nothing. I mean, you're absolutely right with that, bad, but still, Philip Lindsay's one of those guys that if you took the zero RB approach, right? Like, if you know, you, like, I did, like, yesterday I did a mock draft. I did a mock draft last night, right? And then my first pick overall was Zeke Elliott, right? Because I, I went with the third pick. I had the third pick overall. I took Zeke Elliott. Then my next three picks were Antonio Brown, right? Was it was Antonio Brown, um, who went after Antonio Brown? I, can't I don't know. That was, Anyways. That's your team, not my team. I know, I know. I'm trying to think. Anyways, but I told, but I had Antonio Brown, and then uh, I had like, and I went two more wide receivers. Oh, 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 Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, and then Kenny Galladay, right? Those, so I went pretty like heavy on the wide receivers. And, but at the point remaining is that if I wanted to take a wide receiver first, right? If I wanted to go really heavy on wide receivers, if I wanted to go like Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown and Amari Cooper, right? Yeah. I could have took... Uh, you know, if I, I could, you could get like a Philip Lindsay going later on in the fourth round. So it's like if Philip Lindsay is one of those guys that if you go with a zero RB approach and you like take a wide receiver with your first three picks, it's not the end of the world if you know you went with um with with Philip Lindsay as your starting running back. He's yeah, not, it, he's, it, not, it, he's not. He's not. I'm not saying he's gonna be a top ten RB. If but you feel high on him, yes, I I, I guess that's a good you know I him feel, as your as your RB one. That's, I feel comfortable with him as the RB one. Depend if you built up heavy on like wide receivers, or if you took like let's say like I said like Devontae Adams and then like a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey in the second round, and then you went Amari Cooper in the third. You know what I mean? In the fourth, and then if you go Philip Lindsay, you're telling me if your team was Philip Lindsay, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, and Travis Kelsey, that's not a terrible first four rounds, right? It's not. It's not that bad. But you see what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's like if you went like wide receiver heavy in the first three rounds, or you decided to take a tight end within the first three rounds. Like I know that's an approach that you like to do, right? Yeah. That's that's not bad with going with Philip Lindsay as you know your starting running back because like I said, he's going somewhere in the middle of the fourth round. I mean, oh, I dropped my phone. Dropped my phone. Wonder why? Is it cracked? Did you huh? crack it? No, I did not crack good. my phone. Good. Good. Very happy for you. But um, like. Would you rather take a shot with Philip Lindsay or Sony Michelle? I'd rather have a shot with Philip Lindsay. Really? Like I think, you know, I'll take a Philip uh a Sony Michelle and then I wouldn't want to take a Sony Michelle over him because of the fact that Sony Michelle has also shown that he could be hurt and also it's less it's more of a headache to know what's gonna go on in the Patriots backfield. You know what I mean? Like Sony Michelle was my second RB taken with that uh with with my with my, with my mock draft yesterday, but 
With, with Sony Michelle, I just it's um. How about it's, this? It's just harder to know what's going on in the Patriots. How about this? Uh, you, you, on the fourth round, you, you just select another running back or wide receiver or tight end. Mark and, Ingram, and then you go after James White in the fifth. Would you rather have James White than Philip Lindsay? No. Really? No. We all know that James White will be uh, featured in that Patriots offense. He will he, be, he, but he, who he knows? Might, who, he might not be rush, having a lot of rushing attempts. But just like you said right now with Sony Michelle, you know, with it, him, you know, being injury prone and, and and concerned with his health, James White has shown. You have mentioned him numerous times. He has sh- shown that you know. Like last year, he ended up as an RB one, and years before that, he was also like a 10, 10 you know points per game kind of guy. Yeah, and you know, I I feel more comfortable going going for a, a maybe a, a, a you know a, another wide receiver in that that pick rather than get Philip Lindsay and then go with James White. Mm, no, I'd rather go with. Once again, this all depends on how your draft is looking. If you go heavy yeah. RBs, you know, what I mean, then you wanted to wait a little bit. If you have heavy RBs, and I'm. I'd be more I would be more comfortable with Philip Lindsay leading my RBs if I went on a zero RB approach than I would with James White. I would like James White to be more of my flex or RB two. I wouldn't give him the reins to be an RB one. Not to say that I love Philip Lindsay as an RB one, but I'm more comfortable with him being my RB one than James White. All right. Well, because you could go James White in the fifth, and then because Philip Lindsay could have the sophomore if, slump. If you feel, yeah, and and if you feel like Freeman is gonna be definitely uh, taking a step forward, like now he's fully healthy, you could grab him, snag him at the end of the eighth round. I don't think he's gonna be fully healthy. And I don't, I, don't, I, I I would just take him as a handcuff. All right. You know, from what from what I'm seeing, from what I know, I, I just think it, I would just take him as a handcuff. Uh, speaking of sleepers, so a big sleeper of mine for the, on the that is on this year that's on the Broncos, Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton, he's a sleeper of mine. Not we, Cor- we, not Corlin Sutton. Nope, Deshaun Hamilton is that guy. He's going to be that wide receiver too, and I think he's going to outperform Emmanuel Sanders. Really, that's a, they're they're talking a lot about him in training camp. They're talking a lot about him getting a lot more targets. They're loving him a lot more. Emmanuel Sanders is that name. Emmanuel Sanders is that wide receiver one. Emmanuel Sanders is also aging. And Emmanuel has, Sanders, has, he just, you know, he, he got injured with an Achilles on December 15th. Yeah, you know, Eman- this, um, Emmanuel Sanders is, um, is in the back end of his career. Uh, but I am not saying that Deshaun Hamilton is way better than Emmanuel Sanders. not saying that, but I just think fantasy-wise, he will outperform Emmanuel Sanders to Sean Hamilton. Sean Hamilton is somebody that I will be targeting this year. I'm staying away from Emmanuel Sanders. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away You're from You're talking him. about a severe Achilles injury. That takes a long time to recover from, especially playing a sport that is dynamic as football and playing that position as a wide receiver where you need to make cuts for your routes. You know, for instance, you know, this. Uh, th- you could say this is apples and oranges, but look at DeMarcus Cousins. He's still recovering from, you know, still trying to recover from his Achilles injury, you know, uh, and, and you could say the same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. He he's, he plays that position where he needs separation, you know. Mm-hmm. This guy thrives in separation. This guy is a great possession receiver. I don't see him recovering. I'm staying away from him for sure. He's still he's he's still people are are drafting him like he's going to be playing. I don't even know he's going to play the entire season. 
no, I, I agree with that. Um, when we do our show, also we have a show, uh, a segment going to come up on another day, another show. It's going to be uh, the sleepers, keepers, and weepers. Yeah. And Deshaun Hamilton, not only is a big sleeper of mine, he's a. I'm, I highly recommend him for keeper leagues because you know, understand, remember, remember your league, know your keeper leagues when your keeper league round starts. But even though Deshaun Hamilton is going in the twelfth round, very late, obviously, you know, it's a really big, uh, you know, keeper incentive too. You know, you want to, you know, when you're also taking these dart throws, you want to take these dart throws of somebody who might be doing good this year for you to keep for next year. But uh, I think Deshaun Hamilton is definitely going to step up, and I think he's going to just totally outperform Emmanuel Sanders, even if he plays the full season. Emmanuel Sanders. All right. I think Joe Flacco is going to going to really have a great rapport with Deman- with uh, Deshaun Hamilton. There's a lot reading about it that's speaking really highly of him. Um, and another sleeper of mine, <clears throat> not so much of a sleeper, but a. Uh, you know, somebody could get like ridiculously late that uh, I don't even know if he's going drafted, to be honest with you. But I, I think he's going to have he actually is going in the 14th round. I think he's going to do well. And I think he's going to outperform his college teammate, uh, which is Noah Font. I think Noah Font's going to have a good season with the Broncos. I think he's going to do uh, fairly well. Not to say that he's going to be like putting up, you know, George Kittle numbers, of course. Not to say he was going to put on Eric Ebron numbers. Even not to say that he's going to put up O.J. Howard numbers, but he's going to be up there. He's I, I, I see Noah Font as being a top 12 tight end. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's an excellent opportunity. I know tight ends, uh, they, they, they don't make a great impact first first year. It's very rare. Evan and Groom is one, or maybe O.J. Howard. But uh, he, he does definitely have the talent. And, and with Denver and... You know, with Denver, he he might have that opportunity, especially if, uh, you know, it, like like I said, this guy is not going to be around. Uh, maybe Emmanuel Sanders, so maybe they'll change the offensive scheme, and you know, Noah Fant will come in and implement and and, and 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 make an impact. And if you're one of those people that don't like to draft a tight end and just want to take a shot in the dark, you get in a tight end for free. That there's a possibility that he could end up being a top 12. I mean, between him and Jordan Reed, I'd rather have Jordan Reed between the both oh, of them. Sure. But Jordan no, because they're both, they're both ADPs are the same at that, you know, around third pick in the 14th round. Both ADPs are the same. But I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have Jordan Reed. I'd rather have Kylo Rudolph over him. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Dallas Gordero over him. I wouldn't want Chris Hernandez what? over him. No, I want Dallas Gordero so all day. Take him. I don't. I'm not crazy about Dallas Gordero. You're bugging. You're bugging. Yeah, you're bugging on that. Go ahead, please. I'll, I'll take go there all Go ahead. day. That's fine. Take him. Then you'll, you'll you'll leave more players for me that I want. All right. Well, I'll, if I have if I I have to make a choice in the 14 round for a tight end, it yeah. would definitely be Mark Andrews. That'll be my first pick. <sighs> After that, maybe a Kyle Rudolph. Nah, I'll take I'll take Jordan Reed over Kyle Rudolph, and then if I have to make another selection, it'll be Dallas Gordon over all of them. But Noah Font to me is going to be I feel a sleeper pick, and I like him a lot. All right, uh, Joe Flacco, don't draft him. No, please don't. I mean, I mean, go ahead. I mean, uh, I guess you could do. I guess you could do worse. Yeah, Josh Rosen, Eli Manning. I guess you could do worse. If him. I'm gonna draft a quarterback, it will be Drew Locke. <laughs> Drew, Drew Lock. I mean, I don't think he's gonna play from this year. I think he's gonna wait a year, but <laughs> but, but pretty much that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> only Dynasty. That's the only guy I'll probably just select. This is Drew Lock. Let's get with through. Let's get through with uh, the season. So with the Chiefs, they lose twice. Yeah, they lose twice to the Chiefs. The Raiders they, they split. split. Chargers they get swept. They lose twice. Yeah. 
Jaguars, they lose. They win. Titans, they lose. They win. Browns, they win. They lose. Bears, they lose. They lose. Lions, they lose. I no, got they them. win. They win. I got them winning. Texans, they lose. I got them losing as well. They lose to the Colts. Yes. They beat the Bills. They beat the Bills. They got to be in the Packers, too. Aaron Rodgers is killing And them. they lose to the Vikings. Nope. Give me the Vikings. 5-11. I also have them at 5-11. Boom. All right, moving on to the Chargers now. The biggest talk that we have to talk about with the Chargers, of course, is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Now, as we're recording this, right, as we're recording this, is July 16th on a Tuesday morning. So there's no updates as it. So, you know, if you're hearing this and there's an update, I have it. We're, clo- we're, clo- we're recording this at 1124 in the morning. Um, But Melvin Gordon is demanding a ch- he said if he will not get he will not play for the for 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 the for the team if he does not get a contract he will not join the tryouts excuse me he will not you know attend uh the workouts he will not take the field unless he gets a new contract if he does not get a new contract he will demand a trade he will want to be traded i don't know if he saw what went on in the nba free agency and he's like look at all these people making all these moves i'm making these moves too uh but <laughs> They all wish they play basketball, right? But but it was like for that funny meme with Mike Trout when he got all that money, and then Kyle Murray comes back. Yo, I want to play baseball again. Screw this. He's like, you know. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um. Anyhow, the the you know now this this is this is where it's and this where it sucks about the fact that you know if you you know had your your draft early and you took Melvin Gordon as like you know like a fifth overall or fourth overall pick or whatever the case may be, you know. Mm-hmm. This is my theory on it, and see if you agree with me on it, right? My theory with the Melvin Gordon thing, even if he does get traded, right? If he does get traded away from the Chargers, whoever si- whoever gets Melvin Gordon in a trade, because whatever they have to give get up, you know, give up to get him, they're not gonna acquire him to not play him. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever whatever team takes him, he's being sent there to take over. And to start and to be the bell cow. Yes, that is. Melvin Gordon is an A1 RB. He's an RB1. So if you already had your draft and you already took Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't be too nervous about it, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be too, too nervous about it at all. Um, It's like, it's, it's. you also got to wait and see too about like what, you know, where it is, like what what happens with these teams. Like you got to see if, uh, if it comes down to like the wire and there's like more of an urgency for him to be traded, like that, you know, then teams may be scrambling to make some moves to want to get Melvin Gordon. But the only person I think this makes a difference for is that where and when you take Austin Eckler, you know what I mean? Because his, his fantasy value definitely goes up. If the fact that if, if Melvin Gordon does get traded. So right now, Austin Eckler is going in the eighth round. Yeah, he's going if to the end Mel- of the eighth, yes. If Melvin Gordon gets traded, Austin Eckler moves up in the rankings. Do you, you, do you agree or disagree? He definitely moves up in the rankings, but he has shown last season that he cannot be a every, day, every down back. But he would be the starter. He will be the starter. There will be value, but I'm not going to go as go high on him. You know, uh, he has shown that he was, you know, when Melvin Gordon went down and, you know, or was out for a period of time, he, he, 
he he shined for a little bit, but he 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 showed some wear and tear. Like they had to implement Justin Jackson as running back in order to kind of give him a break, because uh, as explosive as Austin Eckler is, and you know he does make an impact. I don't see. I don't have him going high. Like Philip Lindsay, for for example, he has shown that he could play every down. You know, he has shown that he could play every down, and you know maybe at the end of the season he kind of went down a little bit, but. Austin Eckler has shown it really quick that he cannot play every down. You know, that's why they, you know, they had to change it. They brought Justin Jackson. I forgot the other running back that they implemented as well. Could try to change the pace and, you know, give him a break because they, of course, they was trying to also hold him down, hold him back for the playoffs because that's when they really was going to need him. But for the whole season, I don't see Eckler, you know, Jumping up my boards, even if they trade Melvin Gordon, and I'm not gonna go high on him. I'm, I don't see him as an RB one. I'm not gonna say so much of him as an RB one, but the thing is, at the end of the day, when you're looking for running backs, one thing that's mainly in, in fantasy in general, when you're looking at drafting for your fantasy team, one thing you definitely want to look at is opportunity. Opportunity is some is is possibly the biggest factor when it comes to drafting somebody in a sense. Besides, obviously, talent. But it's mainly opportunity. If you look, you know, if you look at all these people taking the first two rounds, you know they're all going to get the opportunity. They're going to get all the opportunities because they're the main guys on their team. And then after the opportunity gets ranked out into talent, which talent, you know, like it does the best for the teams, it is down a third. But if Melvin Gordon goes, Austin Eckler is definitely going to get a lot of opportunity. For the opportunity alone, I do easily see him about like moving up a whole round or two. Well, yeah, he's probably gonna jump around, maybe maybe two. Yeah, yeah but are people gonna react and and grab him a couple rounds before. Of course, some people are gonna be high on him. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, um, but he's a player. If he jumps up the rounds, I'm not going to go because I'm paying a premium for him. Well, like I said, if if Melvin Gordon does go, you know Austin Eckler will move up for me at least, and I yeah because like I said, because you know I'm not going to pay fifth fourth round price for him. You know I'm not going to pay Aaron Jones type price for him, but yes. I, but I'm gonna but I, I'll you know I'll pay the like who else is going around in the sixth round as far as running backs right now? Like let's see, like I wouldn't mind paying like Daryl Henderson type numbers. I wouldn't mind paying Rashad Penny type price if Austin Eckler is the start over there. I wouldn't mind paying, you know, Lamar Miller type numbers for for Austin Eckler. In the fifth round? Or sixth round? In the sixth round? Yeah. Yeah, Darrell Henderson, Geis, Penny. Yeah. I'd rather take Austin Eckler over most of these guys. Uh, I'll take Miller for sure. Darrell Henderson. I think I'll take Darrell Henderson. Maybe. But You know, you're talking about, you know, Maybe you're talking about a, a you know a running back that you know has arthritis in their in their knees you know Todd Gurley and an explosive offense. I think I'd rather take Darrell Henderson because his upside could be a RB one. Like who? Like right now, this is my what's, decision. But once again, it's it's upside versus opportunity. Yeah, that, that's that. If you're if you're taking if you're taking Darrell Henderson is because of the, the chances that he may get and what he may do with that chance. And the if Melvin, but that's if. If, yeah. if what happens with, with Todd Gurley, same thing here. 
if and because we, with Todd Gurley, we don't know what's going to happen throughout the season. If Melvin Gordon gets traded before the season, we already know that Austin Eckler is going to get the opportunity throughout the entire season. We don't know if Darrell Henderson is going to get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. We know Melvin Gordon will get the opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the, you know, I, I, you're, you're talking about upside. If the opportunity arise with Mel with, with Austin Eckler, if Melvin Gordon gets traded, the opportunity will be there. So uh, that's just, you know, once again, Mel, uh, Melvin Gordon owners do not worry wherever he gets. If he goes anywhere, it's going to be fine. He's still going to play and he's still going to be a beast because Melvin Gordon is a beast. I mean, maybe the offense will change a little bit for him. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, for example, like if it's the Ravens, you know what I mean? He's still going to play the starters and start over Mark Ingram, but there's such a, you know, with Lamar Jackson running it, him splitting time with Mark Ingram, it would probably downplay him a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just an example. Uh, Keen Allen's a stud. Phillip Rivers a stud. Hunter Henry, we both like a lot. I like Hunter Henry, yes, for sure. We both like Hunter Henry a lot. We're both fans of Hunter Henry. We both think that he's going to have, he's another like solid tight end to wait for. To you know, in the later of the rounds, you know, you're waiting around for a tight end. You want to take somebody later on. Your Hunter Henry's a good wait person to wait for. Yeah, he he torn his uh, uh, his ACL back in May of 2018, so he's well recovered. Right. You know, you're talking about once the season starts, September, he had way more time to uh, rehabilitate his knee and come back. And then the prior injury that he had was just you know a lacerated kidney. You know, so it's just you know. As far as soft tissues injuries, it's just the ACL. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about a player that's definitely going to get opportunity, especially in the touchdown, the red zone. One thing we know with Phillip Rivers, he loved his Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. You know, Antonio Gates is, is not around right now. And Hunter Henry definitely has the talents. I mean, I would take Eric Ebron over him. That's me personally, but I would take Hunter Henry over I'll take him. him. You know why? Because he's a Razorback. <laughs> He's a Razorback. You and your yeah. Arkansas Razorback. He's a Razorback. Got to take him. And who is his competition besides if Antonio Gates comes back? <laughs> is Virgil Green really? Nah. No, I agree. He's with a you. good blocking tight end, but he's not going to be taking any opportunity in the catching game. Like now, it's just Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, which I don't. I'm not too fond of. No. And you know, it's going to be Hunter Henry. He's definitely going to see opportunities for sure. Hundred percent. I, I love him. I love. I like. Him. Um, I like him. I like him over every, um, Evan Ingram, even. But uh, really, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I, I do. You really like him over Evan? Evan Ingram could end up being the the leading uh, receiver for the Giants in PPR. I like Hunter Henry better. I'll say maybe in standard. Uh, standard, I would like maybe Hunter Henry over Ingram. Standard, I would like Ingram. Why? Because so you see more touchdowns with uh, Evan Ingram in t- uh, in total. That's where you see. Yep. Uh, I see. I see the upside for touchdowns is with Hunter Henry. Who has a better offense? The the Chargers. Chargers. But Who's going to have the better, the most red zone? Whatever you're going to say right now is the main reason why I like Hunter Henry over Evan Ingram. The main thing is for PPR is because of the fact that Ingram drops a lot of passes. Ingram does not have a high pass catch rate. And he has been utilized before when he was a rookie. He has been utilized before as the main guy when everybody else on the Giants died that year when we had, everybody had an ankle injury with Brandon Marshall, and Odell Beckham Jr., and Sterling Shepard all had ankle ankle injuries in like the same two weeks. Um, but so Evan Ingram was utilized as that guy, and even last year too. And and Evan Ingram gets hurt a lot. 
it's hard to trust Evan Ingram. He gets hurt a lot. I mean, Hunter Henry, yeah, he hurt his, you know, he tore his, his you know, his uh, ACL, ACL. And, uh, you know, it might be more injury prone too. I just, you know what it is? At the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, I just think Hunter Henry's a better player. Wow. Evan Ingram drops the ball a lot, man. Well, you know what? Odell Beckham's not there. You know, it's so, same thing uh, happened when Odell Beckham wasn't there. He still dropped the ball a lot. He drops the ball a lot and he gets hurt. Those no, are the main two I'm things. I'm just saying, uh, I was trying to say a joke. Uh, Odell Beckham's not there, which is another player, a receiver that dropped the ball a lot. No. He dropped he dropped a lot of balls. This is a guy that, especially pivotal balls like that we needed. Anyway. The only reason, the only reason, the only reason it seems like that, that he dropped a lot of balls is because more eyes aren't on him. So you recognize more balls that he'll drop than Evan Ingram. But, you know, if I had to pick, I. Right, like oh, anyway, standard. I'll take Hunter Henry, Evan Evan Engram, PPR. That's where I stand. He's gonna drop the ball. A I can see Evan Engram being the top leading receiver for that team. No, mark right. my words. Okay, no, he's not. First of all, the top receiving the top receiver for that team is gonna be Saquon Barkley. Well, we have to see. Saquon Barkley is gonna be the top receiver for that team. Uh, no, I don't think so. Saquon Barkley is gonna catch the most pass for that team. Okay, cool. Then second, then second is going to probably be Golden Tate. No, nah, I don't see Golden Tate. No way. He's going to get quick passes Golden in the Tate, slot. Golden Tate is going to get a little, you know, he's going to get maybe his 60 receptions. Get, uh, he's going to probably season. get a lot of, I see him getting a lot of passes in the slot. He's probably going to get 60, maybe 70. Uh, but to me, Evan Engram is a guy that I could see I think well you're way over too, 100 receptions. I think you're, wow, no, you're nuts. Dude, he drops the passes a lot, man. Right. He has like a he has like a like a like a like a sixty three percent catch rate. Maybe he has worked on it, and that's what was supposed to happen last year too, and it didn't happen. Okay, you know who's calling me right now? Put it on mute, bro. I don't know. Airplane mode. Airplane mode. Please, thank you. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, let's go on with the with the schedule. For this, all right. Then we got things. Got to keep it moving. Chiefs split. Chiefs they split. Raiders they split. They, they beat the Raiders twice. Yeah, I got them beating, sweeping the Broncos, being the Broncos. Texans they win. They win. Colts they win. They lose. Give me Andrew Luck, baby. Beat the Steelers. Yes, me too. Lose to the Packers. They lose. Lose to the Vikings. Give me that L. Beat the Jaguars. Beat the Titans. Yes, yes. Beat the Dolphins. I agree. Beat the Bears. Nope, they lose. Lose no, the Bears. No. Yeah, they lose to the Bears. I'll give it to that. And they beat the Lions. They beat the Lions. Man, I have a. Did I have, you, did I have you a check? High. Did you check? Uh, cross check your. Nope. <laughs> All right. Don't way too far for that. Ten six. Damn, I'm way too high on them. I got a 12 4. You got way too 12 4? Yeah. So you're going to adjust it? Probably. Probably. I'm probably going to have them lose to the Colts. Okay, so you got them 11 and 5. Yeah, 11 and 5. All right. All right. Because uh, they have a good defense. That's another reason why you have to keep them up. But the Colts do too. Okay, so let's move on over now to the Raiders. The Raiders. Because the Chiefs, we should just pretty much fly by. It shouldn't be that hard. The Raiders also shouldn't be nothing that hard. Uh, so, once again, just the toughest, the toughest schedule coming up right now. 
You know what I mean? It, it, by, by, by who they're playing against, they have the hardest schedule on paper, the Raiders. They're going to have a very tough season. Uh, of course, the biggest news with the Raiders acquiring Antonio Brown. Poor, poor Antonio Brown. Right? He's going to get double coverage. Now, he's an amazing player, but, you know, uh, I mentioned this before, is the report. The report he had with Ben Roethlisberger was nothing but great. You know, otherworldly. You know, like, I I doubt it with Derek Carr, they're going to find that chemistry right away. Is You know, that's something that wide receivers, and that, that relationship between quarterbacks and wide receivers, it's a... Uh, you know, it takes a while to bond and mesh and then have that chemistry where they could, you know, uh, thrive together. And and I don't see him making a great, great impact. He's a great player. You still got to select him in the first round. Uh, you don't have him in the first round? First round? No. You have him in the second round? Yeah, first round's a little high. You have him in the second round? At least. All right. I mean, at, at best, second round. At best, second round. I can't think of twelve other players that I would. You know, I can't think of like eleven other. You know, like I, I can't. I, I could easily think of like like twelve, thirteen players that would take over Antonio Brown. All right. Well, you know, some people are high on him. So first round or second round. He's what well, he's going like. He's going end of the second round. I think right now. Yeah, more or less end of the second round. He dropped at the beginning. <laughs> he's he was going. At, he's going at the mid, middle of the seventh. He dropped at the beginning. He was going end of the first. He yeah. dropped around. He dropped a bit for me. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's the thing. You know, it's with Derek Carr, Antonio Brown. Eh. Are you selecting Derek Carr even that now he has a weapon? No. No. No way. I'm not selecting him. Especially now, you know, that he has, Oakland has one of the toughest schedule coming out. The toughest schedule coming out. Well, yeah, if you look at the numbers from they're last ranked, year. Right? Yeah, they're ranked as a tough schedule. Um, the thing with Antonio Brown is that we all know he's a great talent. We all know that. This is the thing that scares me the most when it comes to Antonio Brown, right? It's like you said. His rapport with Big Ben and the way he grew to play with Big Ben was unmatched. You know, it was just so evident how great they played together, right? <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> With that being said, there were times where Big Ben was out when Big Ben was hurt. And then Antonio Brown had quarterbacks like Landry Jones and Michael Vick. Those are the people throwing in the ball. He did not do well at all. At all. When we go over our um, wide receivers, when we start doing our wide receiver segment that's going to come up in like next week, it should be coming up. Um, I'll go over the stats. <clears throat> Of exactly how we did with Landry Jones and Michael Vick and how much it dropped. It was a big difference. I mean, he went from scoring like 20-some-odd points a game to like 11. Antonio Brown made a lot of, not a lot, but a lot. He had a good amount of plays that him and Ben made like off script, like broken plays because of that chemistry. You know, it's just like when the route finished and, you know, Ben couldn't, couldn't, uh, throw the ball or something, you know, there was a broken play. He extends the play. Him and Antonio Brown just had that, you know, chemistry where he knows where Antonio Brown's going and Antonio Brown knows where Ben wants him to go for him to throw that ball. You know, there there was a lot of that going on as well. You know, obviously there's been, you know, you know, not I'm not trying to take credit away from his route abilities. He's a great route runner. He's a great he's one of the best wide receivers or the best wide receiver right now in this game. 
But there's been a lot of uh, times where they took advantage of that chemistry they have on those broken plays, extended plays, and, you know, capitalized. And I'm talking about capitalized big where it ended up being a touchdown or a big, like, 40-yard, 30-yard, you know, reception catch. No, no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree with that 100%. I know exactly what you, uh, where you're getting at by saying all that. But it's just what that's the biggest thing is, is that for me at least, is that when he had somebody else that wasn't Ben, and it wasn't like, you know, I mean, Michael Vick wasn't the Michael Vick that we, that we knew about. You know what I mean? My, and Landry Jones is not a good quarterback at all. You know, at least, you know, starting level type quarterback. But it's just that we, he had other quarterbacks that wasn't Ben, and he didn't thrive on that. He didn't do well with that. You know, he wasn't doing good with that. And now he doesn't have Ben for the rest of the year. Wow, so wow, wow. Derek Carr is, I think, better than what Michael Vick was at that time. You know what I mean? At the time when he was playing for the Steelers between 2015 and 2017. Um, but, you know, he and he's better than Landry Jones. It, but still, it's to see how the rapport is going to be there. And it's just such a tough division. Talent-wise, it's hard to ignore Antonio Brown, regardless of what team he's on. He's still Antonio Brown. But it's something definitely to take consideration. I see him as like a middle to late second-round pick. Definitely not higher. Depending, you know, once again, and this is on a 12-team uh, PPR basis of what we're judging this at. And what? You know where Carr ended up? Like, he ended up behind Eli Manning in points last season. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't. Uh, Derek Carr is not a good fantasy tool to have in your roster. Uh, and Josh Jacobs, definitely go for Josh Jacobs. Uh, we, I think he's going to have all the opportunity there for him. Nonetheless, especially Dynasty, number one off the board, Josh Jacobs, because of the opportunity that he's going to have to grow with uh, Gruden's run first type offense. And I think he's going to do well. You would select him in the fourth, fourth round? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be, you know, it's a starting running back. If I went RB heavy and I didn't get my Philip Lindsay. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. He's being selected uh, ahead of Philip Lindsay, I believe. And, um, well, there's Derek Henry, David Montgomery, Philip Lindsay. Yeah. I think, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. I think I won't be mad at that either. All right. Let's go over this, uh, the schedule for these guys real quick. So, no, it is going to be bad. Lose to the Chiefs twice. Split with the Broncos. Lose to the Chargers twice. Right? I got them losing to the Chiefs twice. Split with the Broncos. Split with the Chargers. Okay. So, uh, lose to the Jaguars. I got them beating the Jaguars. Lose to the Titans. I got them beating the Titans. I got them beating the Bengals. Uh, yes, I got them losing actually to the Bengals. I got them losing to the Bears. I got them losing to the Lions. I got them beating the Lions. I got them losing to the Texans. I got them losing to the Colts. Me too. Me too. Losing Jets. to the Jets. Yeah, they lose to losing the Jets. to the Packers. They lose to the Packers. Losing to the Vikings. Damn, they lose all their away games. <laughs> Not that bad of a record. I got them five and eleven. Five and eleven. Yes, I'm two and fourteen. Wow. Got to be in the Bengals and Bron- and Broncos and shit. Uh, Chiefs. Let's just go with the Chiefs. What can you really say about the Chiefs? Um, what can you say? Like, would you go high on picking Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> would you select them where he's currently going at? Uh, I I wouldn't. I get it. Why? I mean, I'm more than likely not going to take Patrick Mahomes. To be honest with you, I'm more than likely not going to. It's hard to ignore it. Uh, 
you know, it the, the biggest thing stands about is that, you know, that that Roger Goodell could still suspend Tariq Hill. You know what I mean? Even if, even if, even if he has no charge, he could still suspend yeah. him. So that's the biggest question that's going about the him and Tariq Hill situation. I mean, people are almost preparing as if, in a sense, as almost if Tariq Hill's not going to play the rest of the season. You yeah. know, so it's just he can still get suspended. That's just the biggest question mark there. That big question mark. And he's being selected in the third round right now. I, there's a lot of value there two, for that. Two rounds ahead. No, no, I'm talking about uh, Pat Mahomes. Oh, they made like Tariq Hill. No, no, no. I was like, wait a second, you crazy. Pat, Pat Mahomes, with, with that doubt, with that weapon... That explosive weapon. Although he has Travis, Travis Kelsey. So that's okay. Travis Kelsey. He's still he's still he's still gonna do what he does, Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's he's ready in one year, already playing in the NFL, you know, current NFL MVP. He's still gonna do what he does. He's still a stud, he's still a beast, you know. He's it's it's not gonna change his stats. I mean, he's I don't think he's gonna he's gonna have to regress a little bit from last year, I feel, because I just think it's almost damn near impossible to keep up that stellar play, that level of play. <laughs> Yeah, because he, he lost a, a great weapon, Kareem Hunt, right? Kareem Hunt, you know, he, he was a good weapon for him. and now Yeah, but Kareem Hunt's not, like, totally out forever. Huh? He's not, like, totally out forever. Well, Kareem Hunt is with... Oh, Kareem the, Hunt. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I was thinking Hill. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Kareem, he, I was like, wait a second. My bad. Which, You're right. you know... It, yes, Kareem Hunt's that, on the Browns. He definitely made an impact in the, the production that he had last season. Yeah. And, you know, with Tyreek Hill uh, possibly getting suspended, you know, it has... The numbers have to go back, you know. It it, it, ha- it has to be curved. And him being selected in the third round, two rounds ahead of Andrew Luck. If I'm one of those fantasy owners that want needs and wants a, a solid quarterback at the beginnings of the rounds, I'll say skip on Pat Mahomes. You're paying too much and go for Andrew Luck. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I definitely agree with you that there. Uh, but once again, this, it also depends on your league. Like I said, with if your league is giving out six points per touchdown and then ten points, I mean one point for every ten yards they throw, Pat Mahomes is is okay to go with that early. You know what I mean? But, and well, you even know, earlier, you could, you could also argue Aaron Rodgers, who was playing with a, with one leg last. No, season. yeah, yeah, but but I but I think if you're gonna go if you're gonna go wide rec- if you're gonna go quarterback first because of the amount of points, you know, if you have if you have Pat Mahomes who with a, a league rules with four points per touchdown throwing and um, you know, one point for every 20 yards, and he's still giving you like 40, 50 points, like about 40 points a game. And, and then now with the lead that's gonna that boost up his points, he's gonna probably give you like 50, 60 points a game. You know, more or less about 50 points a game. I mean, I'm okay with doing that depending on what your league is at. Yeah. But I agree definitely wait for Pat Mahomes. If you wanted to go on a quarterback that early, wait for Pat Mahomes, go for an Andrew Luck. I think I'll, Pat Mahomes will still end up being um Possibly the best fantasy player of the year. I still think he'll be the highest scoring fantasy player of the year. There's really nothing besides the possible suspension of Tariq Hill that will lead me to believe that. But I still think he's still going to throw the ball to other, you know, to the rest of his squad that he has there. That's why I love Miko Harmon. Miko Harmon is also a sleeper for me this year. Going at more or less in about the tenth round, uh, he's definitely still a sleeper for me this year. Miko Harmon. Uh, so definitely looking to draft in him, take him, especially if Tyreek Hill does get suspended. Miko Harmon will be getting more opportunities, also based on the fact that Sammy Watkins is hardly ever healthy. He's always constantly hurt. The lead target on that team will be Travis Kelsey. That goes without saying. And uh, so he's like about a second round pick. I think it's too high for a tight end. I know you think differently about that, Marchetti. I understand your theories why my personal style of drafting. It's I will 
I won't take a tight end that early. Well, having Travis Kelsey, especially with a possibility of Tyreek Hill not playing, you're talking about more targets, more I get opportunities. It. I get it. I just think it's still too early for a tight end. But I get it. But I truly get it. I just I just draft differently. A sneaky uh, wide receiver. You know, I know you like Miko Harmon, but to me, you know, rookies, it takes a while for them to learn the right. NFL playbook right. and to kind of build that rapport and develop with the into quarterback. The NFL, right. and, you know, it, so a player that I'll go after is a Demarcus Robinson. He's been playing for that that team for quite a while. He had a couple more snaps last season. He was he was quite productive. Not not it didn't make an impact, but you know uh, if he's one of those like players that slowly uh, you know progresses and gets better with every season that he plays more snaps, there's an opportunity. He's definitely gonna get opportunities, especially when you're looking at uh, Tyreek Hill that might get suspended. And we all know Sammy Watkins with his injury prone. You know. Self that you know he misses a good amount of games. Uh, he might he's a player. He's a deep flyer. Some a, a guy that you could get for free, for free. You're not gonna go ahead and and draft him in in early rounds. He's Demarcus Robinson is some kid that you could get for free. He could be a flyer that might pan out, especially in that high power offense. If you see if if you think Patrick Mahomes is gonna be the the number one fantasy player, why not take a gamble on the Demarcus Robinson? Especially if you feel that rookie wide receivers takes a while to kind of because make a because Robinson, I feel has already like you said he's been with the team for a while and he yeah. kind of know already that he's just not that good. All right, so well, I just feel like he's not going to contribute to the reasons why Pat Mahomes is moving up in the rankings. Well, yeah, to me, to me, I'm, I look at it like his upside will be maybe a good flex, you know, and that's good if you get somebody for for, for a steal. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not here going for like you run, said, you like know? you said, you you you're getting it for free. So I mean, yeah. if you just, it's you know, if you get him like a like last round pick, it's not terrible to waste it on, because uh, at those points you just take anybody who might have a chance at opportunity, and yeah. it's not the worst you know to take in the world for that. Uh, and of course, Damian Williams is the starter, is the main guy going forward for the Chiefs. So he's worth also. Where is he going, by the way, Damian Williams? He's got to be going somewhere kind of high, right? Uh, he jumped up the board now, especially now with with all the reports saying about him being the main guy going forward. Yeah, uh, he jumped he's up going the board. The, he's going the second round. He's the RB twelve, late second. He's going right before Todd Gurley. Jesus, Todd Gurley is going the mid second, and uh, right, right, right after. I mean, right hey, after listen, Todd they, Gurley, and right before Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb, Aaron Jones. The guy, the guy did well last year. I mean, maybe it's a little too high. I mean, I doubt I'll be more. I'll be getting him, but. You never know. Maybe he might be the best RV available because I'm not too, you know, crazy about some other RBs there. But I mean, maybe we'll see. You gotta see how it goes. Would you Would you take a a shot with uh, Carlos Hyde? No, for real. I mean, as a handcuff, that's as far as we'll go. Let's finish out the season schedule. So they beat the Broncos twice. They beat the Raiders twice. They split with the Chargers. They split with the Chargers. They lose to the Texans at home. They beat the Texans. They They lose to the Colts. They beat the Colts. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Packers. They lose against the Ravens. They beat the Packers. And they beat the Vikings. They beat the Vikings. Yeah. They beat the Jaguars. Yep. They beat the Titans. Yes. They beat the Patriots. They lose against the Patriots. They lose to the Bears. They beat the Lions. They beat the Bears. They beat the Lions. I have them as 12 and 4. 
I got them twelve and four as well. All right, but I have a feeling that they might be like ten and six team, eleven and five team, and the Chargers and end up taking the division. Ah, uh, it's kind of bold. All right, party people. So that's the episode that we have here for today for the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, follow us on Instagram at BFB Podcast and on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Hit us up with any one of your questions that you have about fantasy football. We want to help you with your draft. We want you to ace your draft. We want you to win a championship party, people. That's why we're here. Hit us up on any questions. Success nonetheless. Peace, party people.